Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my podcast and to give me your amazing feedback and support. I'm always looking for some new ideas and some ways to maybe improve my podcast. So anything you guys can share with me, feel free to message me either on here, on Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you want to reach me. Um, Today's topic is a little bit deep, and I don't know how deep you want to go with me. Feel free to change it if it's something that is a topic that is sensitive to you or hard to hear. Uh, I want to talk about death today. So when we talk about death in terms of finality, it seems so uncertain and so final, just very like cut off, just over. And in different cultures around the world, death is seen so differently. But from my perspective, I'm an American, born and raised, death is just so ominous, so mysterious, and so scary. I've had the unfortunate circumstances of losing a lot of loved ones in my life. I'm 35 years old. I started to lose family members when I was 16, and I had to develop coping skills, mechanisms, to try to get through all of the losses that I had. Um, I did a lot of my own work independently. I'm very into self-help and self-healing. I wish that I would have had some type of direction, some type of insight, somebody to guide me in the grieving process, but I didn't have it. Um, and in seeing all of the people that I've lost over the years, their, their deaths, some of them had tremendous meaning afterwards where we learned a lot and we tried to really relish in life and hold near and dear to us all of the people that are still alive. Uh, Some of the deaths seemed so unfair and just like we were being robbed. Um, Some of the deaths were peaceful and you felt that the person was suffering here on earth and now we had a great sense of relief. All of the deaths that I've encountered, they've all been different in so many different ways and I've had a part to play in each of the lives of these people. So at their death, I noticed that the people that I regretted not saying things to or doing things with, those were the deaths that were the hardest for me. I felt like I had so much to say and there was just no closure and the death was like a slamming of a door in my face. And I want to say as of maybe the past year or so, I've started to kind of question and and really try to look into like what happens after we die. You know, there's so much speculation as to what happens. You know, most doctors and scientists will tell you that, you know, with casualty and mortality, that it's just it's a final end of a lifespan. You know, you... They know all of the things that happen to us biologically and scientifically, but I've always questioned, like, well, what really happens? You know, after your soul is released from its vessel after the death, where does your soul go? What does it do? Is it 
like a figment? Like, are we now invisible and we can just float around and we can see our living loved ones and be around them, but they don't know it? Or, you know, it's just so, it's so confusing and there's so much that I have in my head that I want to say and it's hard to even just verbalize these things to try to put them into words is almost, and I'm not a person that loses words very easily, but I just, just to get to the nitty gritty, okay, a year ago, I went to a medium because I felt super lost. In 2017, March 21st, I lost my best friend, who was my grandmother. She was 76 years old. She taught me everything that I know. And she was just such a strength for me. She was a beacon of support. I talk about wanting to become a beacon of support. It's because I had a beacon of support. So I know what it feels like, and I want to be that for somebody else. And my grandmother was such a fabulous person. Like, I wish you could have met her. And for those of you who are listening to this podcast that have met her, how blessed are we, right? Like, she was just such an amazing woman, not just in the sense that she would give you the shirt off her back, but she always wanted to take time to hear what you were going through and to give you advice whether or not it was solicited. And she wanted to make sure that you understood that the world was bigger than you can recognize. And you had to be thankful and grateful for all the things you have because it could be gone. And I always thought of it like monetarily, like she was saying, you know, be thankful for your car, be thankful for your house because it could be gone. But what she was always trying to stress was be thankful for the people you have in your life because they will be gone. And it's such a scary fact, but, you know, none of us want to walk around looking at each other like, I love you, I love you because you might die tomorrow. No, that's not the case. I think what my grandma was trying to always emphasize to me was love each other like it's your last day. You know, your brother or your sister will piss you off, but show them that love that you would want to have last for a lifetime in the event that you don't see them again. Make it a lasting impression, a lasting moment. My grandmother used to always tell me the worst thing that you could live with is regret. And I absolutely believe that now. What she meant was don't regret not saying something to someone. Don't regret not doing something with someone. If you want to take your son to a baseball game, take him. Don't live with that regret and one day, God forbid, your son is no longer here or you die and you never have that chance. If you have a moment, take that moment. Act on it. Um, We put our worries, our businesses, our lives ahead of the things that we really should. And it's not to say that you will quit your job so that you could spend every moment with your children, but when we think about being diagnosed with something terminal or having a knowledge that your days are coming, you think about, okay, if I was told right now that I had a terminal illness, my thoughts would be, on how much more time I can spend with my kids, how many places in the world I can see, how many people can I write or call and apologize to. You want to make your wrongs right. You want to make the people that you love know that they love you and that you love them. Um, It's one of those situations that 
when you are faced with a time frame, a deadline, you say, I got to get it all done. I got to get it all done. And those things that are absolute priorities hit the top of the list. So your family jumps to the top of the list. Your, you know, traveling, seeing the world, um, experiencing things in your life, that takes priority. We don't get a death sentence from our doctor and then say to ourselves, well, I better go back to the office and get that paper turned in, or I better uh, start saving up for my funeral. No, you take the time and you are now immersed in what your, what your situation is, what your circumstances are, your healing process, your treatments, and being with your family. That's the most important thing. And I hate that it took me 35 years to realize that family is the most important thing. I've lost so many people. And you would think that it would have been innate, second nature for me to appreciate and love the people that I do have. But that's not how the world works. We have jobs, we have school, we have kids, we have bills, we have appointments. And all of those things take precedent over our family. And it's so hard to regulate and find a perfect balance. I don't try to see death as an eternal thing or a... Death is not the final chapter. Death is not the closing of the book. I feel that once death has taken place and your vessel loses its energy, your soul is free to roam. Um, getting back off, I'm sorry, I got off subject, I know. Uh, but my grandmother, you know, she just was such an amazing person and she taught me so much about life. And uh, a lot of times I took it for granted and there are going to be a lot of things that I will regret. But one of them is not going to be missing out on time with my family. Quality time is everything. Seeing your kids grow, talking to them, engaging with them, being with your mother and your father, watching them age and learning from their wisdom. Being with your siblings who you've had such different relationships with. You know, as kids, you fight and... You can't stand each other, and then once you're adults, you can't be without each other. You're sources of support for each other. You know, my brother and I share a brain. I definitely feel that if we start to look at death in the sense of there is something after. There is something after. We just don't know it. I won't be able to die and come back and tell you what it's like or what to expect. It's going to be an experience you have to have on your own. But I, I'm certain that there's something after. I feel it. So back to my story about the medium. So I went kind of reluctantly because I've grown up, you know, Catholic my entire life. And not that it was ever talked about, but mediums and psychics... We're almost related to, like, the Ouija board. It was just, like, stay away from it. It's bad news. You're summoning demons and devils. And and that's how I saw it at first, you know. I was very taboo. I said, I'm not going to mess with it. But after I lost my grandmother in 2017, 
it was so hard on my soul. It was so heavy. It was a blow that I wasn't prepared for. I had always said that when she died, I would die right along with her. I never wanted to imagine my life without my grandma. And a year had gone by, and I hadn't talked to my grandmother, and I missed her, and I thought, I just need to speak to her. I just need to hear her. I need to hear from her. I need to know she's okay. So I went to the medium, and she was super nice, very nice lady. And as she started to get into her process, she right away was able to channel my grandmother. Now, mind you, this is after I've given this woman no information. I mean, I was I was like um, when a donkey, like, shoves their little hooves into the ground and they like resist and they're like fighting that was me you know you were yanking me by my by my uh what the hell is that thing called the strap that goes around the horse and the donkey's mouth not a lasso you know what I'm talking about anyways you couldn't pull me in that place like I was so reluctant and I didn't want to give any information to the to the medium um, you know, and I, I didn't want to be duped. I didn't want to feel stupid. Like I was going to run in there and give her all of the information and let her soothe me. On the contrary, I was, like I said, super reluctant. She almost looked at me like, lady, why are you even here? And I'm glad that I didn't give her any information. It wasn't like I was being let on. She immediately was able to channel my grandmother and start giving me words of wisdom from beyond the grave. And I knew it was my grandmother. I knew in my heart of hearts it was my grandmother. Um, I had asked the medium, is my grandmother happy that I'm here? And she said, no, she's not happy you're here. And that was something that was a clarifying moment because if she would have said, yeah, she's very excited to be talking to you right now, and that would have been a blatant lie, and I probably would have got up and walked out. But when she said, no, your grandma's not happy you're here. She doesn't believe in any of this. She believes in saints and angels. It really resonated like, yeah, this is my grandma talking to me. And she just had so many amazing things to tell me, one of which was to stay close with my brother. Um, she also told me, the medium also told me that my father was with her. Um, they were hand in hand and that they watch over me, they watch over my kids. They think I'm good with kids, which is laughable. I don't think I am, but I appreciate it. And for me, I think that it was it was what I needed. My soul needed that. Um, I've had family members and friends think that it was a bad idea, but... I see it as a long-distance phone call to heaven. I paid $35 for an hour conversation with my grandmother. And it was what my soul needed. And it reminded me that we don't know what happens after our bodies stop working and our souls decide to venture off into the wilderness. We don't know what happens. There's no certainty. We know what happens to the body's physical aspects. We know that your sphincter muscles will loosen up. We know that, you know, um, just different nasty things happen. But we don't have to think about that when we think about death. We can think about the beauty in it. We can think about the peace that's in it. So to give you a little bit of understanding, 
I was the firstborn of my grandparents. They were very first grandchild. And so my grandma and I had a super strong connection. She was with me when I took my first breath, and I was with her when she took her last. And that's something that I will always, always, always cherish. I had the the permission, the privilege, the blessing from God to be with her when she took her very last breath. And I thought it was going to be scary. I thought when my grandma died that it was going to be like her convulsing and I I thought her face would contort or something scary would happen and it would stay with me for the rest of my life and scar me and give me more trauma. But it wasn't like that. God showed me that death can be peaceful, that it can be beautiful. It reminded me that my grandma wanted to go home to be with her babies. She was done here. And even though she's not here with us physically, I'm still talking about her two years later. That means that she's still alive through my words. This is probably the hardest podcast I've ever done. As you know, I only do one take, so I'm a one-and-done kind of girl. I don't like to pause and edit and do all of that bullshit. And I've managed to talk to you guys now for 17 minutes without crying. It's been the hardest thing I've ever done. But I say that because our tears are selfish. Our tears are for ourselves. The flowers we take to the cemetery, that's for us. The memorials that we post, that's for us. They are always with us. All the time. We just need to talk. We just need to let them know that we see them, we hear them, we feel them. So death, if it makes you feel any better, think of it like this. Death is just the sleeping of your body. Your body's nothing. It's a vessel. We hold on to it. But it means nothing because when you really think about thoughts of people and and what they do, you don't think about somebody who hit you or somebody who hugged you. You think about the words. You think about the sensation that they gave you in be just being in your presence. You know, I remember just laying on my grandmother like a bump on a log. I would just flounder on top of her. And she wouldn't hold me back. She wouldn't squeeze me. She would just allow me to lay on her. And I could feel her heart beat through her chest. And that was bigger than a hug. My grandmother lost both of her children before she died. She only had two. And I always thought to myself, how could you go on? I'm a mother of five kids. I couldn't imagine losing one. And my grandmother lost both of her children. And I used to ask my grandma, like, how do you do it? How do you have the strength? And one day she told me, these children are not mine. They belong to God. He's loaned them to me for this long so that I could love them. And now they got to go home. When you think about it as the people we love, they don't belong to us. They belong to God. And that really, I think, helps to bring home the message that we got to love each other. 
unconditionally all the time. Does that mean we're always going to agree? No. But that means you love somebody enough to respect them and their opinions. Knowing how much my grandmother suffered and knowing how much pain she had in her heart when she lost her babies, it's unimaginable. But her coping skills were knowing that her babies were back with their original father and that one day she would be with them. That type of faith, that type of commitment to love is something that a lot of us don't have. I'm learning. I'm trying. So when you're down on yourself, when you're hard on yourself, you have to stop and remember it's okay. It's going to be all right. Tomorrow's another day. When you're having a bad morning or you're in a bad mood, you know what? Don't live with that regret. Shake it off. You're a good person inside, and it'll show on the outside. And death is not forever. Death is not final. It's a portal to a new world. And if you always, always keep into your mind that the love that you have in your heart is always going to be there for the people that you've loved that are alive or dead, that's the connection that you'll always have is your love. Thank you guys so much for listening to me today. I appreciate all of your feedback, all of your support. Keep me and my family in your prayers. Thank you so much.